0: saying for us this morning, that we would be doers of the word and not just hearers. So bless him, Lord, I pray, and make him to be a blessing for us this morning, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Last last week was probably uh, the first time ever in uh, all the years of ministry that I've never been... uh, with the church that I consider my home and family on the first Sunday of the year. It happened by an accident, so don't scold me. Um, You know I go to Chingford quite regularly now uh, to help them uh, through the difficult time they're having without any real leadership. And so they rang me and said, can you come on January the the third, the first Sunday of the new year? Normally they never say what Sunday they want me to come, they just say, can you come once a month or once every two months or whatever. At first I thought, no I can't, because I want to be here. I want to be with my family, I want to be at home on this time. And then I thought, well, if I'm taking a step back and I'm seeing Lee to come forward more, perhaps I have to give opportunity for Lee to what I think is a special meeting. A special time with the family. And so I said, well, I think I could make it. She rang me again and she was almost insistent that, that could I go. She was asking, I could say no. And with the idea of Lee uh, doing that, I said, yes, it, it would be possible. I felt she was impressing me to do this. And so um, I was missing. Now, with the circumstances that surrounded uh, Lee's life, Lee has gone to America. And I thought, Oh dear. Um, What I thought was a plan has all gone wrong. Of course, it never went wrong at all. And David is more than capable and able to stand before you on the first Sunday of the year and to bring the word of the Lord to you and that you can hear it. And um, I heard from several people what Dave said and we chatted in the week like we do most weeks. But I it sort of wasn't in my mind when I was preparing this. I thought, "He's brought that word. I won't I went insulted by doing something else. And so I sort of wrestled with this whole sermon, not this one, because the one I wrestled with is, it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it's a sermon that I thought you were going to get, but you never got. And I was, um, I was sort of uncomfortable in my spirit. Uh, about the whole thing, although I'd put quite a number of hours of work into it. And it was all legitimate stuff, but I knew it wasn't right. So I went to bed last night and I said, Lord, you've got to help me, uh, because I've got to get up there tomorrow and say something that I hope hangs together and is a word from you and blesses the people of God. The purpose of us coming this morning is that we can be with our brothers and sisters and God can enter into the midst of us and speak to us. Amen. That's the purpose of coming here this morning. Amen. And if we come with an attitude of wanting to see our family and wanting to hear from God with a heart of expectation, that will happen. So God was faithful as he always is. I woke this morning, I, was, I woke late this morning, I woke at 7 and I thought, oh, I could have had a little bit more time. if, But I trusted God to wake me, and he woke me at seven because I came out of sleep with a word. Yeah. And when we say the word of the Lord, we usually think of more than a word. <laughs> but I woke with a word. And the word that God spoke to me was together. Together. And David's just reminded me that that's what his message was to you last week. That together we watch one another. Together we look after one another. We look, we look out for attack. We look out to care for one another. The Bible sets out very clearly three things that God wants for us. There are many more things, but I have to stick to three because time only allows me to get to three. So you understand why we have threes. It's about how long a sermon can go, three. The first thing that God wants above everything else is he wants to live amongst us. It says it several times, Old Testament and New. He's actually, living amongst us is a greater priority than saving us. Now, some of you might not have thought that. You thought God's priority is to save people from a lost eternity so they live with him forever. It is is important, but it's not the primary thing that's on the heart of God. The primary thing that's on the heart of God is he wants to be with his people. He wants to live with his people. That's why he created people. Not that we should live distant from him, but he should live amongst us, with us, in us, in us. He wants us to learn how to trust him with everything. Trust him completely in our lives. He desires that so strongly. And the whole of the word of God is about him caring for his people, looking after them. He wants us to to lay hold of that truth. And the third thing I've got for you this morning is God wants to lead us. If you lead your life, I will tell you now, you will get in a mess. Even the best decisions that you make are are nothing like the decisions that God will make for your life. People come with lots of good advice. The world has good advice. You might even think you're smart enough to run your life. But I tell you something, you're not. God wants to lead your life. And you must let him. You must have him come live with you and in you. You must trust him implicitly. And if you do, you will let him lead you in every step of your life. He wants to live amongst us. We see in the Old Testament, after creation with Adam and Eve had gone so wrong, there was so much sin and He he washes the world away and he starts again. And this sin thing starts again. He he calls a man to himself, one man, and says, I am going to live with you and your family. Isn't that wonderful? See, God could have picked a nation of people and said, I want to be your God. I want to be the God of your nation. But he never. He picked one man and from one man who we could say was the great-grandfather and the grandfather and the father, because Jacob was really the father of the nation of Israel. He had all the sons that did all the stuff. They created the family. God wanted to be in the midst of his people, and his people were a family. That is so important that you understand that. That we today are the family of God. Nothing has changed. Nothing ever changes in the heart of God. That which He has established in Genesis, which is the beginning, will flow all the way through Scripture and it will flow all the way through eternity. God wants a family that He might live in and amongst. I thank God for the universal church. And in lots of ways, it has no bearing on me whatsoever. It is, they are all Christians. I can say, I go to Chingford and I preach to them and I encourage them and I help them and I believe I brought a word for them. But they're not my family. They are part of the universal church and I'm happy to help. And if I go to Sri Lanka or I go to Serbia or any other country, they're all brothers and sisters in Christ. But they are not my family. You are the family that god has pulled together and i hope i hope you feel this i hope you have a sense of being drawn together into a family now It mustn't become a tacky thing and it mustn't become a controlling thing and it mustn't become a manipulating thing. It must be something that you recognize that God has drawn you to and you come freely and you come willingly and in that coming you experience something on the inside that you are part of this family. Whether you come here every day of the week or once on Sunday or once a month I'm going to ask you, do you feel that you're part of this family? You say, well, I don't don't appreciate all that they're doing. I don't understand everything. I don't get on with everybody. It it isn't the happiest place on earth. I understand all that. Even my natural family is a bit like that. (laughs) But I know that this is my family. This is my family. Sometimes I look at you and I think, what a weird bunch you are. What a funny way to act. How can you be like that? Why are you doing this to me? And why are you doing this to one another? But when it's all said and done, this is the family. This is the family. Now, if you're sitting there and you're completely thinking, I don't know what this guy's on about. There are two reasons. One, you haven't embraced and entered into what God wants you to. Or two, this isn't your family. That your family is somewhere else. And there's no way we want to just add numbers to us and and hold people in and make them feel guilty about leaving. No, no. We need to find what family we're meant to be a part of. And it won't suit you 100%, I guarantee that. Our dear beloved son, Luke, lives in Edinburgh, and I am so pleased about that. (laughs) Now, I love Luke from the very depths of my heart, and I would die, I would lay my life down for Luke, I would. But I'm glad he doesn't live with me anymore. (laughs) Do you understand? This thing about family together is deeper and stronger than just surface, superficial things. It goes deep. You might struggle with me. You might find certain bits about my personality difficult to handle. I hope my character doesn't let me down. But I know my personality will from one person to another. But that doesn't mean... That we're not committed together as a family of people. There are millions of these families all over the earth. And God is wanting to be amongst them. To live in the midst of them. He wants to be their God. And the family want God to be their God. This This family thing. No. This thing that we do, we do it together, together. It doesn't mean you have to be everything, attend everything, be part of everything but in here if I say to you who is your Christian family there shouldn't be any doubt with inside you it's this group of people that have called themselves Hope Community Church who stuff themselves into a cafe very uncomfortably most weeks that's my Family, that's my Christian family. I can't get there as often as I want to. I can't always be there, and they must be genuine excuses why you're not here. But that's my family. They're the people that God has joined me to. When, when, if we if we if we read through the Bible, I'm sure many of you have, and many of you read portions all the time. What is going to help you in understanding is is the Bible is not written to individual people. It's written to groups. In the Old Testament, the Bible, the the law, the, the books of the prophets, it was written to a nation, to the people of God. And their interpretation of the Bible was in the context of them as a nation, not as people as an individual. Whatever God did with David or Joseph or Rebecca or Noah or that, it was in the context of the group, not in the context of the individual in the context of the group. And when we come to the New Testament, when you read the scriptures of the New Testament, don't read it in the context of me, the individual who has been saved personally relating to God. You will misunderstand a lot of scripture. Read scripture in the context of the church. The Bible is written to the church. We are individuals that make up the church but his promises are to the church. Paul's letters are to the churches. Unless he writes to an individual, and then when you find out what he said to the individual, it's all about the church. It's not about anything else. The Gospels was the foundation for the church. The book of Revelation was written to the seven Churches, the Acts are the Acts of the Apostles in establishing the first church. Of course, we interpret things personally, and sometimes our interpretation is wrong, because it isn't meant to be interpreted personally, but to the church, to the body of people. We must learn to trust God. I think as a young man, and maybe all young men and young women, we're taught to be independent. We're taught to be good decision makers. We're taught to um, have, have jobs and uh, marry and uh, support our families and care for our families, all that stuff's good. It's good. But I discovered even being brought up as a Christian, I didn't trust God with everything. I had this idea that God dealt with the big stuff and I sorted out all the little bits and he wasn't really interested in the little bits. But then I determined what the big bits were and what the little bits were. Who I married, was that a big bit or a little bit? What career I followed, was that a good bit or a little bit? The decisions I made on a daily basis, I decided which ones God could sort out and which ones I should. I'm much older and a tiny bit wiser. And I realised that God wants me to trust him With a whole lot. You'd have thought, well, if you'd lived those years and you'd worked some stuff out, you could make more decisions. I can't. Because what God has planned and what God wants to do and his ways are beyond my intellect. I don't know where we're going as a church. I haven't got a clue. You go, "Well, that's very reassuring, Phil, <laughs> because I'm sure God has a clue. And together, we can hear what that is. And, and you are not going to bully us and push us and boss us to go the way that you want to go. See, you hear from God as much as I can hear from God. And it's together. It's together that we do this. That doesn't mean we set up loads of committees and you know everyone has their say. No, that's not the way it works. It's steered from the helm, but it listens to the voice of those that are part of the church. That together, together, we hear and move forward in the things of God. We have to give ourselves to God in this togetherness. To the degree that we yield ourselves and give ourselves to God is the to the degree that we can come together as one. There's a passage in Acts in chapter 2, verse 42. I can't seem to get out of this verse. Do you, do you ever read the Bible sometimes and get stuck? For a long time in something. And as you keep reading it and reading it and seeing it and looking at it and thinking about it, it changes sometimes some in front of you. What you always thought it meant, the textbook answer, it sort of expands into something a bit different. This is what it says. They devoted themselves. Who were they? The church... It was the church that devoted themselves. What did they devote themselves to? The teaching about God. And it wasn't so much about knowing about God, but when the apostles shared what they knew about Christ and shared what they knew about God, they had this relationship with God that was second to none. And when the people heard them, They spoke with such passion about this relationship they had. That's what they wanted. They devoted themselves not to chapter and verse, not to historical things, not not to genealogies. They devoted themselves to what the apostles had in their relationship with God because they wanted this relationship as well. We sang the song about a fire. Get your own fire. But it's very hard for a a thing that's not a fire to become a fire. You've got to take another flame and put it in this one. And in its own right, this flame then turns this thing into a fire. See, the body of Christ has a number of passionate people in it. And as these passionate people burn for God, if you want to catch fire, you get around them. You spend time with them. You stir them up. And so they start to set you on fire. Someone came to see me this week. I won't embarrass the person. It doesn't matter. He sat down and he said, how are you? Oh, that's a terrible question. Okay, It didn't matter what the question was. You were going to get 20 minutes of me passionate about God. <laughs> passionate about God. And every five minutes I said, do you want me to stop now? Should we get on with the business? Come? <laughs> no, he says, keep going, keep going. And so that's a terrible thing to say to me. So I kept going and kept going. And the passion was burning within me. And I know that person got something of that passion. See, in the body of Christ... You've got to spend time with people who were on fire. Otherwise your fire goes out. If it was ever lit. Sometimes we come, people come to Christ and they receive him and he sets a fire within them. But in a short time, the fire goes out. Because we haven't come together and allowed the passion that when we go off the boil or stop burning, others set us on fire for God. You can't do it on your own. I'd give you a test, but it's very dangerous. Stay away from church for six months. Stay away from Christians for six months. I'm not, I'm not advocating this is a good idea. But you would learn that your fire, any fire, would dissipate. Because your colleagues, even your unsafe family, they wouldn't be thinking about doing this, but they would be dousing you with water on a daily basis until there's no glow inside you at all. They devoted themselves to the passion that the apostles had for God and for Jesus. They devoted themselves to fellowship. Fellowship, yes, with one another, but with God. With God. Somebody once said, fellowship is two fellows in a ship. Can you imagine spending days or weeks or months with somebody else in a ship? Yes, you would strangle them from time to time. You'd beat them up. You'd ignore them. You'd jump in the sea to get away from them. But there would be times when you were so dependent on each other for your very life your very sanity your very existence would depend on this person that yesterday you were throttling at the throat God wants fellowship with you he can put up with all your shouting all your nonsense all your misunderstanding all your rantings He's still there with you, walking with you. He would rather you shouted at him than ignored him. He would rather you got out your pram and threw a few toys around than said nothing. He longs for the fellowship. Goes on to talk about the breaking of bread. Do you know, we've broken bread this morning and we've taken wine. And it's reminded us that we're together, eating a meal from the same loaf of bread. We took a bit off and we ate it. You ate the same loaf that I was eating from. You drank from the same juice that I was drinking from. There's a sense in which we do this, that we receive Christ into ourselves. But there's also a sense, because we shared from the same, you got into me, and I got into you. See, it's not only symbolic that we absorb God into ourselves; it's also symbolic that I absorb you into myself, because we've eaten from the same piece of bread. We've drunk from the same goblet, as it were. The last thing they do is they communed. It says here, and they prayed. Um, please understand me, Dave. I think prayer meetings are great. He knows that. I pray with him every week, religiously. It's not religiously, is it, Dave? <laughs> not at all. Okay. It's something better than prayer. And Dave won't argue with me. It's communing with God. Understand? We don't walk out of that room and think, oh, well, we've done it now. we we'll just get on with our business. We're still communing with God. We're still communing with God. And then to come to prayer is easy. It's not a hard thing to come because we're communing all the time with God. God, help me. Show me. Enable me to understand Explain this to me. What am I doing wrong here? Am I doing wrong at all? Is this happening because you've allowed this awful thing to happen to me? Is Satan attacking me because you've permitted that to happen so that it drives me more to you or it builds character within my soul? I would think... The same amount of bad stuff as good stuff has happened in my life. The bad stuff, some of it was my fault. I was stupid. I created it. Some of it was because God permitted that to happen. He said, That's the only way, Phil, we get over this. It's the only way we grow. It's the only way you can identify with Christ is through this stuff. He wants us to learn to trust him in this stuff. One of the most saddest and disappointing things that Jesus said to anybody was what he said to Peter. He said, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you And I've had a word with the Father and he's going to let him do it. But as an intercessor, I'm going to pray for you. Not that Satan won't smash you, but when he's finished smashing you, your faith will remain. You didn't want to hear that, did you? Is he smashing you? Is Satan smashing at your life, at your finances? At your relationships, at your family, whatever it is, is he smashing at you? Because God has said, you have the liberty. But Christ, the great intercessor, is intercessing for you that your faith will remain. So as you drag yourself up off the floor and stagger across, you say, God, I haven't got a clue what you're doing, but I believe and trust in you. Because all of this, none of it was of my making. I am not the root cause of this problem. This is permitted to happen. If I'm the root cause, I'm a stupid man and I need to change quickly and get back on track. But much of what happens to you is not your fault. It is that Christ might be formed in us. Together, together we support one another in this. If he gets you out on your own, you're lost. The business of Satan is to isolate them husbands from wives, parents from children, churches from churches, individuals from the church. He wants to get you isolated. And when your own, on your own, he's got you, he will destroy and defeat your life every time. It's together. It's together we support one another. People have seen some heaviness on me, and I don't deny that. I have been heavy of late. I'm going through some difficult stuff. I'm not sinning. I'm not losing the plot. I'm going through some hard stuff, right? But so many people say, are you all right? Are you all right? Are you all right? And I'm sure people have gone off and they prayed for me, thinking he ain't all right, there's something wrong with him. We don't like to say, oh, all these problems are wrong with us. But in the body of Christ, we go through this stuff. And we should share this stuff. And if you've asked me, I'll say what I think is on my heart and on my mind and why I'm troubled in these things. But it's not a bad thing to be troubled. When you take upon yourself the burden of the ministry or the church or the things that are on God's heart, it will make you sad from time to time. It's hard to be happy-clappy all the time. But our faith will remain, remain strong. He wants to lead us. Every family that God has, and I say that this is a family of God, Hope Community Church... He has a direction for us to go. I don't care where all the other churches in the world go. I don't care what they do. I don't care what ministries they do. All I say to them is God bless them. If they're prospering in some ministry that we've never even thought of, God bless them. We don't have to say, let's do that ministry and we too will be blessed. No, no, no. Only if God says do that do we move on. Otherwise we wait. In the wilderness, you see, sometimes they would make camp, and the next day, God would say, we're going now. And I'm sure they went, blooming heck. Do you know how how hard it is to set up camp? And in in 24 hours, you're off. So a bit nervous about this, sometimes they set out camp, and they didn't get everything out the bus. Only to find two days, three days, four days, five. They go, perhaps we're going to be a bit longer. Yeah, we'll get some more stuff out the bus. They were there a year. They were camped a year. That must have been a smelly place after a little bit. (laughs) I mean, you know what I mean? Difficult, yeah? Walking round in the same dust heap, month after month after month after month. Then God would say, let's move. Let's move to another dust heap. You know what I think about walking in the wilderness. Don't go there. You don't want to live there as a miserable place. But he is the leader. Without any shadow of doubt, God led them. And God wants to lead us. Us. Us as a body of people who have come together. And we have given ourselves a name which I believe that God has named us. And we move together. As the believers in Acts 2 committed themselves to God in this relational way, there's a whole list of wonderful things that happened. Let me just go through some of them. 44. All the believers were together. Oh, that's interesting that that word is in there. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They cared for the needs of one another. Goes on to say, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need of. Together, together. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They never went to church on their own, they never sat on their own and left without talking to anyone. That's not going together. Together is, they did it together. And when they were together, they were together. Each day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together. It's a bit boring, that word, after a little bit. (laughs) Together, with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily as they were being saved. Together, we watch each other's back together. If you can only get here once a month, once a fortnight, do you still feel together? Do you still say, this is my church? These are my brothers and sisters. This is the family that God has joined me to. In 2016, we're going to do church better together. Now, you go, how are we going to do this, Phil? Give us a vision. I ain't got a clue. I only got this bit. I got this this morning at seven. What do you expect? (laughs) I mean, I had to to have my breakfast, have a shower, and get dressed, for heaven's sake. (laughs) But you see, if we're committed to together, God will show us together. And we will move forward together. And the Bible says when we're together, God commands blessing upon us. In fact, you cannot stop the blessing of God when we're together. And together is a heart condition. It's not doing certain things begrudgedly, thinking, I better go to this It's the desire to be with your brothers and sisters that God has committed you to. I ain't got a clue what the time is because someone very kindly to me removed the clock. God bless you, whoever that was. (laughs) But I pray that this will help you. It's a word, just a word, that will get into your hearts together. God bless you. We get the worship team uh, up here and closed. We've started with worship. Let's uh, close our time together with worshiping, focusing upon God.